Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. If you're applying to medical school in 2022 to start medical school in 2023, join me Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, or Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern at premedworkshop.com. Go register today. I'm going to show you how to tell your story in your application. Again, that's premedworkshop.com. If you are applying to medical school in 2022, be there or be square. The Premed Year, session number 312. Hello and welcome to the three-time Academy Award-nominated podcast, The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to the pre-med years. As I said earlier, my name is Dr. Ryan Gray. And if this is the first time joining us here on the pre-med years, thank you for taking some time. Maybe you are a fan of future MD life, or maybe you just stumbled across this podcast now. Maybe a friend told you to listen, but I'm thankful that you are here. Today, we have a great guest. We have Dan from Future MD Life on Instagram. He is a medical student and he has an interesting path to medical school, getting an early acceptance program, so he didn't have to take the MCAT. And we talk about that journey and where it potentially hurt him and where it has helped him on his journey into medical school and while he's been in medical school. So let's go ahead and jump in and say hello to Dan from Future MD Life on Instagram. Dan, welcome to the pre-med years. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. When did you first realize you wanted to be a doctor? Oh, wow. Um, this was actually about now, I'm thinking about about six years ago. Um, I was at my friend's house. And do you remember um, there was that night when the world was supposed to end? I think it was December 21st, like the 2012 end of the world thing. Uh, I, I kind of remember it based off of that. <laughs> no, I don't. House. What was that? It, it was, was that like, like the prophecy big... kind of thing? Yeah, there's something yeah. along those lines. Okay. Like Armageddon, yeah. 2012. That's what the movie 2012 was based on, I think. Something like that. And I was at my friend's house, and I was talking to his older brother, who was at the time in dental school. And I was actually very interested in business and finance and things like that. And I talked to him, and he said, well, like, you know, have you thought about going into medicine or dentistry? So, I mean, he was going to be a dentist. Um, and I really hadn't at that time. And it was the first time that like the idea truly popped into my head. 
And after that, I started thinking about it more and more. And I realized I, I probably didn't want to be a dentist. Um, I thought that was too specific for me. But I thought um, maybe I, I could be interested in medicine. So the idea had never really crossed my mind yet. But then I started exploring it more. And um, I was always fascinated by emergencies and ambulances, things like that. You know, like the whole emergency 911 thing so i <laughs> decided to join my uh, my town's volunteer first aid squad so i joined that and from the moment i went on my first emergency call i remember pretty specifically it was a a man who had a head laceration i realized wow like this is this is pretty neat this is something i could definitely see myself doing um talking to patients and and treating them in some way uh so i went on to go to emt school while i was still in high school so in the evenings and on weekends, I went to EMT school. I became an EMT. And then um, when I got to college, I decided to be a pre-med. Nice. Why do you think that the thought never crossed your mind before then? Uh, I think I was just really focused on the whole business thing. Like ever since I was a kid, I, I thought, you know, I was going to be a businessman, like a CEO, uh, you know, do finance, things like that. Um, and I read a lot about investing. And it was pretty cool to me. So I think I didn't even really entertain any other options. I kind of was just focused. You know, I during my junior year of high school, I didn't take any science classes. I took several business classes, but no science classes. So then that all switched. <laughs> yeah. And going into college pre-med, how did that affect your your path into college? Did it change where were you thinking about going or any of that stuff? Um, so no, actually, I had still in high school taken a lot of science courses during my first and second years, just because all of my friends were in them and they had convinced me to go into the science courses with them. Um, <laughs> peer pressure. So actually, basically your whole life is peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Okay. With a little bit of my own input. Um, <laughs> So I, I had still taken AP courses during my um, first and second years. Like I had taken AP bio, things like that. And then when I realized that during junior year, you know, I want to pursue medicine as a career path potentially, um, I decided to take three science courses during my senior year of high school, um, including AP chemistry, a research class, and um, one other one, I think, oh yeah, physics. So based on all of that, I actually came into college with several AP credits in the science courses. So I was all well on like the, the track. So it didn't really hinder me in any way. Yeah, that's awesome. Starting off, do you think taking those AP courses in high school, did that hurt you at all in college or, or later on with your medical school applications? Um, no, I think it did the opposite. I think it helped me out a lot because, for example, my freshman year of college when a lot of people were taking um, general bio one and two, um, I didn't need to take that, so I was able to take um, physics again because I didn't have AP physics. I was able to take physics during my freshman year and only take chemistry two. I had AP'd out of chemistry one and lab. And those are the, those big general courses, so I was able to, in a way, bypass those and then later on during my sophomore, junior year, move on to higher level courses. Um, so I think I was able to jump because of the AP classes, and they saved me time, actually. And for the MCAT later on, obviously, you need the foundational knowledge of those subjects. Do you think having taken them so early on, did, did that hurt you at all? Did you have to relearn some of that content? So that's actually a concern that I had. But 
what ended up happening the way I got into medical school was through an accelerated seven-year program. And the program that I'm in did not require the MCAT. So as I was beginning to study for the MCAT, I found out that I got into the program. So I actually luckily didn't need to take the MCAT, but I could see how it would have been a difficulty. <laughs> you're, you're one of the unicorns out there that's in medical school with never taking the MCAT. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a rare bunch at this point, but I, I did get lucky in that, in that sense. And in a way, maybe it has hindered me now because I, I didn't have the experience of taking a very long exam and mm. now I'm preparing for my uh, step one exam, the first board exam. So let's talk about the accelerated program. What was that sure. like to apply to an accelerated program? So the one that I applied to, um, the application came out during the end of my sophomore year. And in order to apply, there were certain requirements, like a like you had to have completed a minimum amount, amount of credits and upper level electives. And essentially almost finish most of the pre-med requirements. And um, the thing is that since it was at the end of my sophomore year, you know, I only had two years of material to put on that, on that, um, on that application. Mm -hmm. And, you know, two years isn't the most amount of time. So I actually had to condense what would have typically been four years into two years and then apply. Um, but it was an enjoyable process actually. And, and it worked out favorably. So it was, it was good to apply. I really, I'm happy I did it looking back. Going into that undergrad, were you aware of that accelerated program? And did you think that you were going to apply to that program? So that's actually a great question um, because it's different for a lot of the other people who got in in different years. I found out about it, I think, during the end of my senior year when I went to one of those accepted students day at the college that I was planning to go to. Mm -hmm. And I found out about the program and I decided that you know, if I'm really doing this and if I'm really committed, um, I want to apply to that program. So during my senior year, freshman year, sophomore year, I shadowed a lot and I realized, you know, I really do want to become a doctor. And um, this program provides a great opportunity to become that and to save a, a year. So, yeah, from the start, I was setting my sights on ap applying to this program. And um, like a lot of the things that I did ended up being reflected on the application. So it, like it created sort of a two-year story of how I got to the point of applying to medical school. Yeah. And obviously knowing what those requirements are and knowing that your time is going to be condensed, you were able to to map that out a lot better than somebody else who's just kind of stumbling yeah, along. Well, well, it gave me the um, sort of the motivation to get things done. So I knew, you know, if I wanted to try out research, I had to get it done early on I wanted to start looking for research early on and plus you know there was no guarantee I was going to get into the program so yeah. even if I didn't get into the program I would have had for example research early on that I could have continued for several years and hopefully you know figured something out I knew that I had to get letters of recommendation anyway to apply to medical school so I just started collecting them earlier so just in case I was able to apply I would have it the necessary things to apply. Yeah, I often met with advisors and, and, and people who um, helped me figure out how to make sure I was on the right track. Do you feel? Actually, let me let me change the question. Before you applied, and you were thinking about applying, were you worried that you were cutting your your 
quote unquote college life and college experience short to do this? Um, it was a concern I had, but I realized that medicine is a long road. College is one of the points on that road. And the difference between three and four years of college, while significant, that senior year is significant. I realized that the pros outweighed the cons of the program. So I was, I was completely, you know, I was completely into the idea of if I got into this program, I would go and I would save that year of, um, of co- I would save that year. I mean, like life in a way, right. Mm-hmm. Apply, get into medical school and, you know, save myself the the pain in a way of going through the MCAT process, the application process, yeah. because there's no guarantee of getting to medical school ever. So yep. if I was able to apply early and get in and guarantee myself a spot to become a future doctor, I decided I was going to take it. Now that you're in med school, looking back, do you, do you look at some of what your friends are doing senior year and what traveling and partying and all this stuff and going, oh man, I wish I, wish <laughs> so, I would have had that senior year. So a lot of my friends actually... Um, ended up applying to medical school themselves. <laughs> and while I was a first year medical student, technically based on the program, they were seniors in in college. And I saw them go through the process of applying. And I realized, you know, senior year is not just a breeze. Yep. It is an intense process of going on interviews, writing your personal statement, writing your secondaries. So I was pretty relieved to not be in that position. Um, but yeah, I, I do realize that it, it is a life of year of a year of my life that um, that I won't get back. I won't be in college like that ever again, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. And what is it like to be one of the youngest students in the class at medical school? <laughs> no, I actually am, I think, the youngest person in the class. And, <laughs> um, it's, it's interesting because there are people who have so much more life experience than I do. Um, there's people who are in the military. There's people who were teachers. So I'm just a guy who went straight from college and didn't even take the MCAT. So <laughs> at the beginning, it was a little bit tough. Um, the first week of school, actually, when we had events, like if there was a bar sort of night involved, I couldn't even go because I was under 21 at the time. Mm-hmm. So there was that little sort of aspect where, you know, I was the young guy, but now it's been a year and a half and no one really even bothers to think of it that way anymore. We're all just classmates. So that's okay. Yeah. When I'm assuming you had to do normal kind of med school interview stuff and they're looking at you going like, well, what are you going to bring to the class? And you're like, well, I'm young. Right. <laughs> how do you, how do you answer that? So the way the interview process worked, it was specifically for the applicants of the program. We had to go through the same interview process as any other student applying to the medical school. Um, and I actually interviewed with the Dean at my undergraduate university first Uh, That was the process. And then I went to the medical school and did their normal interview process. And I mean, the questions were the same regardless. And we actually had the um, multiple mini interview. So, I mean, the the scenarios were the same regardless of what age we were and how we reacted to them were, you know, it, it didn't matter our age. It mattered how we answered and what our sort of ethics and morals were. So it, um, it didn't really hinder me in any way, I don't think. Yeah, definitely MMI helps in that situation, I think. There's there's less bias from the interviewer going, yeah, I think you're too young. Yeah. Well, at a certain point, I was still able, during my undergraduate dean interview, I was able to talk about my experiences. I was able to talk about being an EMT for, at that point, I think it was three years. Mm-hmm. And I was able to talk about um, my research, which I'd done 
for one and a half years at that point. So, you know, I, I still had the typical shadowing, research, clinical experience and and all of that. So I don't think that I was too far behind in terms of activities. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. What do you think the hardest thing about being a pre-med was? <laughs> the time crunch. Um, it was it was tough sometimes. Luckily, a lot of my friends were also pre-med, but it was tough to see people, quote unquote, enjoying college a little bit more than I was. You know, while I was studying for my orgo exam, people were, you know, out, you know, having a good time in the evenings. And I just remember studying a lot. And, and that hasn't really changed <laughs> now that I'm in medical it's only gotten worse i think yeah so i think it was tough just realizing that you know you you have to do what you have to do and get your work done first but but it pays off so yeah it's hard and especially when you're surrounded by people who aren't doing the same things as you it's especially difficult but i'm really fortunate to have had the friends around me doing similar things for the most part how do you maintain that level of intensity for so long Oh, you take your breaks. It's not always intense, but uh, around exam times, it gets pretty tough. But, you know, say you just had an, a big exam, that that week's not too bad. You know, you relax. I still um, I still went out to eat. I still hung out with friends. I played video games. You know, I was still a normal college kid. Um, but, you know, when I knew I had to get things done, I, I worked really hard. So there's a level of work and there's a level of play that comes afterwards to make things balanced. You have to be balanced in some sort of way. Like I couldn't make it if I was intense twenty four seven. It just wouldn't survive. Do you see any of your your friends kind of crash and burn and and fall off the path because they couldn't um, sustain it? Um, luckily, no. I mean, I've been I've been lucky to see a lot of my friends who are applying or have applied get into medical school because it's once again it's that balance. No one who who goes so hard all the time is able to sustain that. And I think we we were all around each other and we preached that sort of balance and, and we saw when somebody was struggling. So, you know, sometimes you just need to relax, take a break and watch an episode of your favorite TV show and, and just de-stress. So I've been really fortunate to, to not see my friends, you know, fall. And I think I, that that's owing to like the sort of collaborative environment we always had. Grey's Anatomy, right? Favorite TV show. For some of us, for some of us, I really like uh, I really like the show Billions right now, which, oh, is, which so makes good. sense. That I was I was into finance for a long time, so it yeah. makes sense. But I love Billions. Yeah. What do you think yeah. from from a, a student like yourself who has condensed your your undergrad career? Mm -hmm. You started medical school younger. Once you're in medical school, how much do you think being younger, having less of the uh, maybe upper level, upper division courses that you would have had senior year of college, do you think that hurt you at all going into medical school? Um, I think it did a little bit, yeah. Like when I was taking, during my first year when I was taking courses like um like biochem, I only had the first intro to biochem. So biochem was a little tough for me. And I had to pick up on that really quickly. I never took any anatomy courses in college, though I probably would have if I, you know, did the full four years. So anatomy was seeing everything for the first time. Well, there were people in my class who thought it was pretty much a joke because they had already done anatomy <laughs> before. Mm -hmm. There were things like that. And 
at a certain point, yeah, they, those were disadvantages, but I was fortunate to go straight from college to medical school. So I didn't have sort of a break of study habit. Um, I went straight from college where I was studying all the time to medical school where I was studying all the time. While there were people who took gap years and it made it more difficult for them to adjust to the to like the lifestyle of studying all the time. 100%. So yeah, there are pros and cons to that. Yeah, I took three years off and I I had completely forgotten how to be a student. And so I struggled starting off med school again. All right, so it takes a little bit of time to readjust. Mm-hmm. So the, the things that I lost by not having taken the classes, I gained in just the continuity of studying that I did. Yeah. Do you think there's uh, a disadvantage. Obviously, you're applying to this accelerated program. It's one med school that you're applying to. Do, mm-hmm. you, do you play the what-if game, seeing friends and, and colleagues at um, other med schools going, man, I wish, I, I probably would have fit in better at that other school. <laughs> I've been so lucky to really love the medical school that I'm at and be around the people that I really like being around and, and being close to home. I knew when I was applying to this medical school that if I had the opportunity to go to any medical school, my number one choice would still be this one. So in that sense, it even made applying to medical school easier because natural for me. I was saying, I wasn't forcing myself to try to fit in. I was saying, this is where I want to go regardless. So I'm going to do it now if I can. And um, you could always play the what if game. You could think, you know, what if I went to a different school in a different location but I don't try to view it like that. I try to view it from the positive, optimistic out like perspective of I'm so lucky to be one of the people accepted to medical school that it doesn't really even matter at a certain point where it is as long as I'm learning the things that are one day going to help me be a good physician. What kind of physician do you want to be in the future? This has switched many times, um, but right now I'm, I'm really enjoying um, different aspects of internal medicine specifically um, GI right now. So I've been shadowing and working with a, an advanced endoscopist and the things that they do is just, they're just so cool that uh, I could really see myself doing that one day. But, you know, that's always subject to change. Yeah. But, um, change, changes per rotation. I, I yeah, exactly. But that's the current path that I, I see myself going on. Let's talk about Instagram. When, sure. when, did, when did Dan wake up and go, I want to be an Instagram star? That's a great question. <laughs> um, when I came to med school, I mean, I, I've, I've had my own Instagram for, I don't know, five, six years prior to even starting Future MD Life. Um, but when I came to med school, I became friends with Steve, who is at Pre-Med Motivation. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about his Instagram, and he said, you know, like, you could do this too. Like, I'm, there's nothing special about me. You know, I'm just helping people out, and there's not, like, there's nothing stopping you from doing that as well. And I thought about it and I just dove right in and I made an account and I decided I was going to try to help people along the path to becoming doctors or to at least getting into medical school in the first place. Because when I was a pre-med, I remember it, it, this was like you know a year ago. I remember it was very difficult. I remember there were a lot of questions that I had and I didn't know of a lot of resources at the time or other people who had just gone down that same path. So I decided I'm going to try to help people in whatever way I can. And um, as as you have it, I gained a following. And now I essentially pretty much just post what I do every day. I, I try to explain what the life of a medical student is like, at least in my shoes. You know, everyone's different, but I try to help people out in that way. 
Does that come with any big issues being so public with what you're doing? No, because I don't post anything that I wouldn't want. You know, I don't post anything that I wouldn't want out there. Meaning, what I do and what I post is what my life is truly like. So I kind of treat it as, you know, there's nothing really to hide. Um, I'm posting my notes, like what I'm kind of studying at the time. Um, I'm trying to post little tips here and there. I'm posting wherever I was in the hospital, you know, shadowing or doing some sort of offsite activity. And um, yeah, just I, I enjoy putting that information out there. Do you think every pre-med should be on Instagram and creating content like you're creating content? Um, I think every pre-med should be on Instagram in the sense of if they have people that they're interested in following. I don't think everyone needs to create content if that's not what they're interested in. Um, it does consume some time. And um, if they don't want to, I don't think they should be posting photos of what they're doing. Mm. But if they're interested, yeah, there's nothing wrong with, with doing that and being on Instagram or other platforms and social media and learning from other people who are, who are either in the same shoes as them or recently were or just people who have things to, to offer. Like, I mean, you do a great job of that, of, offering content for students who are interested in becoming doctors and there's so much information out there to gain that I think Instagram's a great way to to quickly get information and to directly contact people. Has it opened any doors for you? Um other than being on this podcast right now. <laughs> That's life goal number one, Matt. Be not, on a podcast. Not really. I mean yeah. I would I wouldn't not say yet. I'm like going to any conferences or anything. Maybe one day it will. I've yeah. been in contact with doctors who, you know, who do pretty cool things and I don't think I would have had that network otherwise because I wouldn't have even encountered other doctors or other students even. But um yeah, other than that I think I think I just really enjoyed having an Instagram page and, and providing value to other people whenever I can. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you do you see a time where in in the future once step one studying gets a little more ramped up where you're gonna take a little hiatus? Yeah, I think that during um, my dedicated six weeks of studying, which are going to be, I think, in May and June, I don't think I'm going to be on social media at all. I think I'm just going to be focusing on my studies, and I think that's for the best. And I'll, I'm sure I'll make a post as that gets closer, yeah. apologizing. And, and then when I come back, I'll be answering whatever I can. Have you um, have you ever gone through and, and be like, man, I, I wish I didn't post so much one day or did so many stories. I, I should have been studying more. Um, there was actually a time when I, I stopped posting for several, I mean, it wasn't like that long, but for several days, I just like, I, I couldn't focus on Instagram or anything else. I was, it was like a really tough week in school, which happens here and there. I always treat school as number one, um, on the path towards becoming a doctor and I can only help others if I help myself first in the sense of, you know, getting through my courses and doing well. So I've always been cognizant of the fact that you know instagram does take some time out so i need to focus on school and if i do have time i post on instagram and i try not to let it stress me out at all because um then i won't enjoy doing it i want to enjoy posting i want to enjoy dm uh, answering dms things like that what's the most common question you get mcat questions and then i'm like well honestly i i didn't have to take the mcat based on program um, <laughs> Yeah. And so I can't really help with that. Yeah. But a lot of them are also motivation sorts of questions like, 
I mean, I didn't do well in the course. Like how, like, you know, what, like, what do you have to say to like, to, to give me advice to like push through this, those sorts of things. And, um, I mean, for the most part, that's, that's what they're typically like, but there are very specific cases here and there that I try to, to figure out as well. It's mostly just calming the, pre-med neuroses. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I don't blame them for, no, for having not at all. That. Looking back as a, as a medical student now, what's, what's been the hardest thing for you as a medical student? I think right now it's just adjusting to pace and it's been an adjustment that I've been doing for almost a year and a half now. The amount of material that we learn in a week is just not even comparable to the amount that I learned in a week in, in college. Right now I'll learn at least three hours of lecture a day, sometimes six, seven. And all that lecture has to be reviewed at least, you know, three, four, five times before the exam. So it's always like on a crunch of, of having to see information, comprehend it, keep on reviewing it so it sticks, and then being able to answer questions properly and to really understand the material. So just so quick. It's just a matter of being able to stay on top of things. And, and I always feel like I'm behind because of that. And I've heard it's normal. I've heard it's, it's pretty standard to always be behind. But it's something that I could just never get used to still. I've always been used to being on top of my work, knowing what's going on, not feeling behind all the time. And it's just an adjustment I've had to make in medical school. How do you keep evaluating how to study, how to tweak what you're doing to, to try to catch up? Um, sometimes it changes based on the course, the type of material presented, how the lectures are presented, what other resources there are. For example, my last uh, unit was psychiatry. And the lectures were pretty much more or less written information and understanding things like, um, you know, symptoms and duration of symptoms and how to distinguish between different disorders. So I made review sheets of every lecture, you know, so every lecture was essentially two to maybe maximum of three pages per lecture. And I would have all of those review sheets there and I would just be able to read through them pretty quickly, um, especially on, you know, the third, fourth time around but for something like cardio right now there's so many different images and diagrams and explanations that i haven't been able to make those review sheets i've just been reading lectures and reading the textbook to help me understand um, and using review materials as i can so those things change depending on the course you're in and my study habits are always changing as a result so there's never been one like pure great perfect way to study it always is just evolving and i don't think it ever stops evolving for the pre-med student listening to this who who is struggling who's debating whether or not this is what they should be doing what words of wisdom do you have for him or her um i think it depends what the debate's coming from um first and foremost the question is you have to figure out for yourself why do you want to be a doctor? And, and that's a question that's related to how are you sure that you want to be a doctor and nothing else? Because if you're not fully committed to this field, to this entire process, it will just, it will literally eat you alive. It's grueling at times. It's great at times. And there's a lot of things to enjoy, but if you're not fully passionate about becoming a doctor, then I don't think it's the right path. 
So first and foremost, figure out if it is the right path for you. That involves things like shadowing, doing, um, seeing some sort of clinical work, figuring out if medicine is right for you. And then if you figure out that it is right for you and you are fully committed, then you just have to realize that it is a long road and there's it's a long process, but it's so worth it in the end. And just to keep pushing day by day, it will get better. All right, there you have it. Again, Dan from Future MD Life. Great discussion. You should go check out his Instagram page if you don't already follow him. Again, that's Future MD Life. Go check it out. Go follow him. Follow me. I'm at Medical School HQ. Hopefully here in the near future, we will be doing a Instagram Live kind of Q&A where we're both uh, jumping on Instagram and uh, both of our audiences will mix and will answer so many questions for you guys. That's the that's the goal in the future, hopefully. If you have questions you want answered, make sure to follow me on Instagram. I'm at Medical School HQ. I do a lot of Instagram Q&As where I, I put out a question and we'll do video responses to answer your question. Uh, I'm about to do one pretty soon as this launches. So I do them every once in a while. Again, go follow me, Medical School HQ on Instagram and follow our guest today, Dan from Future MD Life. I hope you have a great week. We have a bunch of great guests lined up for the following weeks. We'll see you next time here on The Pre-Med Years. <laughs>